0: Turn up the radio and sing along It's time for another great song This is the Great Song Podcast Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast I'm Rob Alley I am JP motor And we're here celebrating the greatest songs in modern music history We're going to tell you what makes them great why we think they're awesome, and why you should, too. JP, how you doing today, man? I
1: am doing fantastic. We just went and ate at the Music City Diner, yes. a
0: place that we have walked out of before. Yes. You will know from Twice. a previous
1: podcast. But uh, we sat down and enjoyed uh, a patty melt and a Reuben sandwich we today. Did. And I'll tell you a good rule of thumb. If you have two things that you want to try on a menu, take a buddy with you, and it's not uncool to split something like no. that. I had half a patty melt, Rob had half a Reuben, and we both both left smiling Yeah, and we got to sample
0: what we wanted. That's right. We and did. It, it was outstanding. It was solid. So you don't have to be a couple to do that. You no, can just be dudes can do that. Buds bros out on the town, splitting a meal. That's right, man. Come on. I'm all, I, I
1: and it was funny cause I was leaning heavily towards the patty melt and Rob was leaning heavily towards the room. Toward the room yeah. And then we kind of flip-flopped mid-meal. mid uh, yeah. Like, man, I think I like yours better. And true. Goodness gracious.
0: So yeah. here we are. Then we went and worked out. That's right. I'm sitting here with my shirt off just for fun. <laughs> that's right. So let's, we're looking like the cover of the Orleans album right. right now. That's right. Watch just, out now. <laughs> we're just, just being lads together. That's
1: right. Just, just hanging out.
0: <laughs> no. Not truthful. Oh, uh, Okay. Today's episode. It's ironic we're talking about Elton John, everybody. Oh, come on now. <laughs> oh, sorry. Come sorry. on now. Uh, yeah, man. Talking about Elton John today, which is unusual because neither one of us, admittedly, are big Elton John guys. We
1: like him. I like him. I listen to him, but I very rarely crave Elton John music. Yeah. I'm not like, man, I got to
0: get my Mm-mm. fix on, on Elton John. I, I've never bought any Elton John. I get my Elton John from the radio. Sure. Uh, and that's enough for me. I've never been curious enough to go looking for more. You know what I mean? I'm
1: anxious to talk about the Elton John stuff that I have in relation to this song. So I will get on that here in a little bit. On okay. Al- albums and projects and stuff.
0: So. Okay. But for us, if you're going to talk about Elton John, there's one song that you're going to go to. This is the one. And this is whatever you're doing right now. Just, just take six minutes with us. We're not going to play the whole song, but just, just take a minute and breathe in this song because our song today is tiny dancer by Elton John. Let's give it a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, emotional little listen. It's long and it's atypical in that it doesn't have like a real chorus that that comes early in the song and repeats it takes a long time to get to what would be considered the chorus or it's really more like a refrain but we got to get there it's the title it's the hook it's the thing we're all waiting on emotionally for the release so let's get that too okay we're not going to play all the way through it but we got to at least get there before we gotta you gotta With your fist in the air here cheering totally so let's hear here that is Oh, I was waiting for it. It's so disappointing if you don't get to the chorus, you know? Uh, so, okay, Tiny Dancer from the 1971 album, Madman Across the Water. Uh, every time I see this album cover, I think it's, you ever go on like iTunes and you're looking for something and you see somebody that's done a cover? Of something, and it's like it's obviously not the original. Sure. It's like a compilation, and that song, that's what this cover looks like to me. It's nothing. He's not on it, it's just words. It says Madman Across the Water, and it looks like somebody's compiled uh, something to Their make. My own playlist. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't look like it should be the cover for this album and definitely not for this song sure um i, I don't it doesn't make any sense maybe
1: that's why the album is the lowest charting album of his career to date as it only reached number 41 wow and there you it's go The only one that that didn't chart well could be the um, album cover could, could be uh, since then though it's gone gold then platinum then multi-platinum
0: yeah because of this song but it Listen. took a long time it did it, it took a minute yeah uh this is uh Number 397, Tiny Dancer is number 397 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Song list. Uh, Sandwiched between number 398, Roxanne by The Police, oh, yeah. and number 396, Eric B. and Rakim's I Know You Got Soul. What? Yeah. A hip hop kind of early ish, not super early. How did that edge but, up Tiny Dancer yeah, and Roxanne? Listen, I listened to it. I, I didn't get it personally, but whatever, man. Well, good, uh, for good, you. good for you, Eric B. and Rakim. Um, so. It didn't hit the top 40 in the U S this song did not hit the top 40 in the U S but is now certified platinum after living sort of two lives of popularity. We'll talk about that later. Um, it didn't get a lot of airplay originally due to its length. It is a long song. Um, and, um, and it takes a long time to get to the hook. It just does. Um, but it's, it's kind of atypical in its form. It's not like verse chorus, verse chorus, bridge chorus. Mm-hmm. It's more like, it's sort of a folk song. Not even that stylistically, um, you know. A lot of times, folk songs will just be a collection of verses. It might have a bridge sure. somewhere and just verses, verses, verses. It's not even that. It's just it's got a bunch of verses and then it's got a bridge, ish, ish. It's a pre-chorus. It's technically what we would call now a pre-chorus, but it is sort of in the truest sense a bridge to the chorus. Like it's a. You know what I'm saying? It this gets is... you from the verse to the chorus. Yeah. It bridges the verse and the chorus. Right. It doesn't feel like a pre-chorus because it's too different. Sure. And it's emotionally very heavy. It's got a rallentando Tondo in it. It it slows down mm-hmm. before the chorus. Like it's very emotional. And so it gives you this big release when you get to the uh when you get to the chorus. But it's yeah, kind of out of nowhere. It gets heavy all of a sudden. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it because the verse it's just kind of cruising. You yeah. know,
1: here it's just kinda kinda chill kind yeah. of hanging out in our little, our C here yeah. we are. We're just hanging out at C in C
0: in C in the key of C. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's this a flat chord the and world? these kind of like heavy drums. And you know, like, what are we, what are we building yeah. toward here? Why am I bobbing my head all of a sudden? <laughs> and then you hit this big falsetto, you know, chorus with an octave jump in the vocals. It's crazy. Um, But the song is amazing. Oh, it's so different. Um, but we were, we were talking while we were listening even. So this, this song is, is, is a classic collaboration between Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Um, if you were with us on the Martin page episode, we talked a lot about Bernie Taupin in, in talking to Martin. Um, Bernie writes when, when he's collaborating with people, he writes lyrics and lyrics only. And so in this case, uh, he would have written the lyrics to this song, sent them to Elton and Elton fleshes it out with melody, chords, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and I said to JP while we were listening, this song is maybe the best possible outcome of that partnership. Yeah. Like, that's not something just anybody can do to be able to um, take someone else's lyrics and give them life the way that this. It's tough to get feel from like, if we're, if
1: let's say you're in, in your co-writer or in different parts of the, even different rooms, different buildings, whatever, it's tough to read the room and read the vibe and read the feel. So the way they were able to pull this off, you know, being in separate locations is pretty magnificent.
0: Yeah. This is a, um, a, a very emotional song. And I don't, I don't know that just if I looked at the lyrics, I would think that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But the, but what Elton did with it musically just takes it to this place. Like, it's just, it, it, this song has a, some songs just have a vibe. You know what I mean? That it's like, you listen to it and it instantly takes you somewhere. This is one of those songs that like, as soon as it comes on, man, it's like there's a gentle breeze. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've got your window cracked in the car. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, you're there all of a sudden, whatever this song does for you. When you listen to it, it does it instantly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't take time. You know what I'm saying? Um, now is that for us because of its influence of the movie, almost famous. We'll talk about it later. I don't know. Uh, in other words, it's like on the matrix when he breaks the vase and the, and the like prophet lady is like, you know she had told him, "Don't worry about the vase," and then he breaks the vase, and she's like, "Now the real question is, would you have would you have broken it if I hadn't if said I anything
1: to you?" Either.
0: It's kind of one of those situations.
1: That's the whole kids in the cookie jar thing. Like, don't reach your hand in there. Right. There's cookies in there, yeah, but yeah. you can't have them. Like, yeah, exactly. if I didn't know that cookie jar was there, would I have even wanted? Yeah. the generic Nabisco's, <laughs> Mom. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, but let's spring right. for
0: some real Oreos. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> uh, this this song is. Um, instantly, I don't know. I saw a a great description of this. This song is, I'm going to call it instantly nostalgic in that from the first time you hear it, it feels like a memory. It takes you back. That's good. I like that. Isn't that that. weird? But you you see what I'm saying? There was, um, uh, there was a, 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 um, an article in the Indian express that I thought said this really well, it says it's one of those rare tracks, which upon hearing for the first time makes you wonder of a time where you might've heard it before. Oh, that's you, good. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just instantly feels familiar. It feels like that worn out shirt, that worn out t-shirt that you won't get rid of ever mm-hmm. because it's so comfortable. It has the right smell, the right fit, the right feel. It just works on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and you will never get rid of it ever, 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 Um, This is that tiny dancer is that in music form. Oh, I like that. Uh, do you have one of those shirts? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, What what is it? My three stooges shirt.
1: My wife hates (laughs) that shirt. I'm sure it's high neck. It's perfect. Everybody's wife
0: hates that shirt.
1: Exactly. So I love you, babe. Thanks for letting me wear it. I'm not getting rid of it. It's a good one. Three stooges, black high neck. Oh, it feels comfortable. Yeah. It's it's home.
0: It's tiny dancer. It feels like home. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, so there's a little bit of of I don't know of controversy but m- maybe misunderstanding or uh debate as to the kind of the theme of this song even among I read two different articles in like Rolling Stone um that contradicted themselves and I'm sure they were written at different times of course um this song is dedicated to Bernie Toppins First wife Maxine uh, fi- Feibelman, I think it is. Yeah, uh, F E I B E L M A N. I'm going to go with Feebleman. Okay, um, it is dedicated to her, but according to him, not about her, uh, which is kind of awkward. But uh, she, I mean, she was an LA lady sure. and a seamstress for the band, though. She was so, Elton John's like,
1: seamstress, yeah. Okay, so, maybe. like.
0: Do we call BS on this? Like, is this a thing where somebody who originally wrote something with a clear intent, right? Obviously. And then they later change they what the they said. And he's like, nah, it wasn't yeah, about I, you it was anyway. never about you. Exactly. I never wrote
1: Tiny Dancer for you. I wrote it for... Exactly.
0: So they changed the other some seamstress in the band yeah. from California. Exactly. Like, like, recently, I was listening to John Lennon's song, How Do You Sleep, which is basically a vicious diss track on Paul McCartney uh, in response to some offense that he took to some of McCartney's solo lyrics in sure. his, his first album. Um, and then years later, Lennon's like, ah, oh, we were just having good fun. I see him all the time, you know, whatever. I call BS on that. Sure. You were in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You wrote it. You meant you it. it. Own it. Own it. Right. you meant it. It's fine. That's right. And, and you can say, yeah, i meant it at the time, but we talked but and we, we worked it out. We're yeah. Working, working you, know, out. you ain't got to be like that. You don't have to pretend like, oh, that's what I meant to do the whole time. You know what I mean? Like you can just own it. Um, so Maxine Feebleman and Bernie Taupin, they married in March of 1971 and divorced in 1976. Well, this song came out in 1971. I mean, it only stands to reason, like, you know, whatever. But it just depends literally on whose article you read. Sure. Uh, but Bernie has said later, you know, it wasn't about her. It was sort of about a a an amalgamation of just, like, California women mm-hmm. in general. This was their— The beautiful women of the 1970s in California. Yeah. yeah the uh, This was their—Bernie and Elton had kind of first traveled to the states here, and to California specifically, and Bernie said he was just taken aback— by the women Um, he said um, he said he found them really different from English women he said they were so different from the women I knew in England they'd mother you and sleep with you (laughs) it it was the perfect Oedipal experience Uh, so you know it was just yeah it which really feels like if that's what he was going for then you take into account the movie almost famous sure no wonder it fits so perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Like thematically, everything with that, that movie. That scene
1: in Almost Famous, is it's got to be top five movie scenes. It's of, so good.
0: Uh, and it's literally just, it's people on a bus listening to music. Sure. But it's so much more than that. Sure. If you've never seen Almost Famous, first of all, go. Like watch almost famous. It's got some, you know, adult language and adult stuff sure. in it. Don't um, watch so, it with small
1: children. Yeah. There, right. I mean, so,
0: you know, we're, we're family friendly here, so I'll give you full disclosure there. But, um, but there's a, a scene it's, it's chronicling a, a, a fictional band. That's kind of really based on a real band. Um, but uh, you know they've they've just had this big band blow up and everybody's mad at each other and rah, 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 rah. and all of a sudden they're riding down the road in the middle of nowhere and Tiny Dancer comes on the radio and one by one it makes they start singing better. along I and it, it just patches up the whole thing they remember what this is all about and why we're here and we're all together and the you know and yeah uh, so it's if, just, the,
1: if you and someone that you once loved or are friends with, are y'all in a fight right now? Yeah. Send them a track, that's send them true. this, send them put it up. on a cassette single yeah. and send it in the mail with a Walkman <laughs> and patch up that, that exactly. Rocky relationship. Listen, whenever
0: me and JP are fighting, <laughs> I'm like,
1: Rob, turn on the track.
0: Yeah. We pause the podcast and we're like, Alexa, play tiny dancer immediately. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then we hug it out and then we have a Reuben and, and then we go, mouth. yeah, we go
1: split a Reuben. Yeah. And, it's, and all things are good. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of a neat way to segue into covers because the almost Famous version is kind of a cover. Did yeah. you look up anything on covers?
0: Not really. I, you know, I, I, I looked up one. I'll, okay. I'll save it.
1: Okay. Okay. The John Frusciante has got a cover okay. from Red Hot Chili, Red Peppers. Chili Peppers. Okay. Take that for what it is. The worst one, Dave Grohl, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows that I can't stand Dave Grohl. He does a version where he doesn't even tune his guitar. It's atrocious. So if is you it want, live? Oh, it's him and an acoustic guitar okay. live, and it's bad. So if you, oh, wanna, it's it is live. Oh yeah, it's okay, live. So. It's, it's rough. So you can put on your on your player there and watch old Dave Girl botch this wonderful song. The best, and when I say the artist, you're going to say, well, of course it's the best. Ben Folds has oh. the best cover because Ben Folds is Elton John. I mean, no, not really, but he's similar, you know, piano player and he kills it. Um, the other cover... Tim McGraw's got one that is... No, thanks. I'm going to go he- ahead and pass. Yeah, I don't like it either, but it's, as expected, super heavy on the steel guitar, yeah. which is one part of this song
0: that I love. So yeah.
1: I love the steel guitar player, and we'll talk about that in the Meet the Band section. But, yeah.
0: Um, I've got one cover that I thought was interesting. It's sort of a an adaptation, I guess. Okay. Um, a remix? It's not a, tr- it's not a true cover, um, but this is the version... By uh, DJ Ironic. Okay. Um, and he kind of takes it in takes it into account, but it's um, it's different. Here it is.
2: I like see you're just
0: too far or i can bring you in so you're up with the stars but still down to earth with my love we're on mars i can give you the chance to be what they can't <laughs> i just want to be sure that you're not the to just open doors i've gone so far to be what i can i've worked so hard to be where i am so i'll just I'll hold you closer and won't let go i need to know how you feel too so hold
2: me closer and don't let go i'm born to be
1: i absolutely hate that more than anything you've ever shown to me it has elton Elton john's blessing dude it sounds in the video no it sounds like bad christian music from the 80s doesn't it to you it sounds like those guys trying to rap oh that was so bad i'm sorry i'm nice job of you elton for being kind to that because i don't like that at all the concept is neat but no not not for me man sorry Oh well
0: Sorry you tried. Mean, Good job DJ Ironic Some of y'all out there Might have liked
1: it You can be like JP you're crazy That's magnificence But I'm, I, don't, I don't like that Who not, knows Not feeling that um, Do we want to meet
0: the band? Absolutely I can't wait to meet the let's band Let's meet the, let's the band meet. Hey let's meet the band
2: It's time to meet the band Hey mama let's meet the band Let's
1: Played with Elton John on this magnificent track on drums, Roger Pope, aka Popey, um, good buddies with Popey Popey P O P E Y in quotes. If you're going to go with a nickname based on your last name, I would Just be add a y Mosiery to it. I yeah. guess you already have Allie Mosey. You can't be, be Mosey. Mosey. You can't be Ali. Yeah, Robbie. I'd you know. be Robbie. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But Rob is already a nickname. Yeah. So that's true. All right. Um, Popey, good buddies with Keith Moon and Ginger Baker. Um, if you're going to be friends with some drummers, yeah, might as well, uh, might as well be Keith Moon, right? Um, he is notable for inspiring Animal from the Muppets.
0: No kidding, yeah. so Elton John's drummer, Elton John's drummer,
1: Popey, gets credit for inspiring Animal. That's that's okay. pretty that's pretty big right there. I learned something new today. Uh, Backed to Rod Stewart prior to Elton John, he played with Elton John when he was still Reginald Dwight. Um, and Elton John actually recruited a guy named Nigel Olson for his live band. Until 75, and after Captain Fantastic, he came back and, and played with him. Popey did. Then played 83 sold-out shows with them. After him, he went on to play with Holland Oates. And then came back to play with Elton John in 2000. But this is a neat fact, I think. In 2000, he walked out on him mid-show. Whoa, he walked out on Elton John in the middle of a
0: show. Wow, how would that? How is that? that was probably a huge show because mid 2000s. That's when he was doing like the tours with Billy Joel,
1: huge arena shows. I guess the thing with having a a big band is you always have somebody that can play drums so they can go in and fill in. But if your drummer gets up mid set and walks out on you, dang, that's a that's an intense, intense move there, Popey. Man, if that was
0: five years later, it'd be on YouTube.
1: Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're but right. But being in 2000, I'm I, not sure. I never sure. saw it. I just, I just heard the stories. I've heard rumor of such. Um, on bass, David Glover, not to be confused with Roger David Glover of Deep Purple. So there's two bass players, both named David Glover. This is not the Deep Purple guy. This David Glover only played with Elton He's John. He's light purple. This guy's <laughs> light purple. <laughs> yeah, this guy's uh, magenta. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. He, uh, he played with Elton John and another band called Hookfoot which was Popey's other band, um, and they called themselves Hookfoot because of the way that Popey used to put his foot around his hi-hat to keep it from sliding. Huh. So that's how they named their band. He uses his, his left foot to hook it in, Hookfoot, so that's kind of interesting. Um, on electric guitar, guy named Caleb Quay played with Mick Jagger, Pete Townsend, Hollow Oates, also played with Reginald Dwight in Bluesology, one of his early bands. He also joined Hookfoot, now, in 82, he embraced the Christian faith, and from 86 to 95, he was an associate pastor, pastor, pastor. pastor oh. and chief musician at Foursquare Church in Pasadena, California. Um, he has two jazz fusion rock albums that are pretty decent. I listened to them, One Night in San Dimas and Out of the Blue, and now he serves at Church on the Way at in van nuys california Van nice Van Nuys, yeah, good, interesting good job knowing your uh geography Mosier. on that <laughs> watching that one um he's got this oh i think the most notable thing other than him being a christian well done on that caleb is his signature brazen fantasy guitar is amazing his signature guitar i love it it's got seymour duncan pickups Cool rails on the bridge in the middle position, at position, Seymour Duncan jazz in the neck. It's so nice. Mm. It's a good-looking guitar. If you get a chance, look up Caleb Quay's signature guitar. Spell I his last name. Q-U-A-Y-E. Okay. Oh, I would not have guessed that the That old e. silent E will come back to get you every okay. time. But check out his uh, brazen fantasy guitar. It's nice. Um, on steel guitar highlight of this song for me under recognized as the steel gu- guitar in this song
0: yeah it's just it's in the back it's really subtle which is good if it was heavy it would sound like a country song
1: sure but when you hear it you'll hear it every time like yeah. you'll always look i think you'll always look for it I should
0: like we explain I, we may have some people listening who don't know what a steel guitar sure. is Sure. Pla- yeah let's highlight a little on the steel guitar okay right so here. let me play you a little bit of the sound and then we'll we'll kind of explain i guess the best is as kind of at the beginning let's go back you, to the or beginning do you want
1: to just play again. just like a steel guitar this oh. is what a steel
0: guitar sounds like oh yeah sure 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 let so, me find a, a good steel guitar track here and
1: uh, so you'll know what you're listening for in relation to the song absolutely let's take a listen here
0: you hear it a lot in like Hawaiian music like luau oh, yeah. stuff yeah, you know what good. I mean but uh, like old country too mm-hmm. um, anything
1: at the Opry yeah.
0: That's really That's all, you, about all you, need. you need to hear. Yeah. It's a little Hank Williams Jr. for you to give you a taste of some steel guitar really thought of in, in country music, like classic country music and Hawaiian music. Um, it's not a guitar that you play standing up. It's no. uh, you play it sitting down. It's often called a pedal steel, is mm-hmm. most often what you hear. So, and it's got they a make, bunch. They make lap versions, like lap steel. Yes. If you want to hold it in your actual lap, like. yeah. But it's got a bunch more, gu- bunch more strings than a regular guitar. It sits kind of. It sits like a table, mm-hmm. and you play it. Uh, you know, horizontally, um, like a, like you would play it like a
1: piano in your hand positioning. Yeah. 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 So your hands Um, are on top of it. And it's got,
0: it's got pedals that shift the pitch of certain strings. Um, and so it gives you this really unique. Now somebody modern, like Robert Randolph, um, has a different style of playing it. And, and I think what has been sort of discovered over the years among sort of these Neo, um, Uh, neo-blues, neo-gospel, even um, steel players, is that really the steel guitar may be the closest instrument to be able to mimic the human voice. Uh, You get a, you can really mimic the vocal cords of a, of a person. If you're playing, it's playing solo stuff on a steel guitar. You always play with a slide too. Yeah. You to, always play with a slide and you play with these weird finger picks that like go around your, go around your fingers, uh, and have similar little to metal a banjo hooks. picks. Yeah. Kind of like banjo picks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway that's that's a steel guitar you don't hear it on pop radio no, no. you don't hear steel guitar on pop radio so good
1: job bj cole good finding a way job. to get in there and, and do your thing on that so we don't have to highlight his portion on this song but as you're listening through listen to it i think it's something you'll find notable and interesting he played with humble pie uriah Heep, cat stevens and drum roll dave grohl G- jerry rafferty City to City album, which has Baker Street. Wow. He, he didn't play on Baker Street, but he played on that album. He also played on Sting's Mercury Falling, which is my least favorite Sting album. Yeah,
0: I can't stand it. Of my, of my uh, hits. I won't say I can't stand it, but I mean, Hung My Head's okay, but yeah. other than that. But Mercury Falling, as, as far as like Sting <laughs> hits, like the song itself, I don't care. Yeah, it's yeah. not
1: it's not up there. Huge Sting fan, but not a fan of that. He, uh, BJ Cole on this plays a black, single-neck, 10-string Emmons pedal steel.
0: Oh, there you go. There you Get go. A little, little homework on the gear. Named after Buddy Emmons, who is one of the famous oh, really? uh, pedal steel players. Well, yeah.
1: there you go. Good job on that, Rob, knowing that. That's a, that's a bonus point. I didn't know that. <laughs> on acoustic guitar, Davy Johnstone. Um, Bernie Taupin, actually the songwriter, asked him to play on his 1971 album. So thus he got to meet Elton John because he was playing on Bernie Taupin's album, so then he got asked to play on Madman on the Water, and then he, after Madman uh, across the Water, he uh, got to ask to join Elton John full time, and he played with him up until he then went to play with Meatloaf and Alice Cooper. Of course. So if you're going to be an acoustic guitar player, you go from Elton John to then Meatloaf, yeah, to then Alice Cooper. That's quite the quite the jump, but uh, all three fantastic stage acts. Um, and the last person other than Elton that I want to talk about is the arranger. I normally don't talk about the guy that does the arrangement and I want to highlight on it for just a second. A guy named Paul Buckmaster. He only, this is the only track His name.
0: His name means master of
1: bucks. Of bucks by the way. That's right. He, uh, th- this is the only track on the whole album that he arranged. And I think it's neat that this is the only track on the album that became a hit. And it lets me to think your arranger is so vital. And like it's one of the unsung heroes is the arranger. Um, He did this. He also did uh, 1969 David Bowie Space Oddity, some stuff wow. for Lionel Richie, Taylor Swift, Hart. He did Drops of Jupiter by Train. <laughs> so, like, arrangement can make or break. Can. And, and then I'm going to tie that in one step further. The version that most people have seen of Elton John on this is his live version on the 1971 Old Grey Whistle Test. So if you look up like Elton John, Tiny Dancer, it's probably just going to be him and a piano sitting and playing and singing it. And I don't think it's near as good as the album version. Mm. So that's my take on it. And so great job, arranger Paul Buckmaster on that. Oh. Buckmaster And I guess if we're going to go piano and vocals, we might as well jump in and talk a little bit about Sir Elton Hercules John. Sir Elton Hercules John. That's right. Born Reginald Keith Dwight. Um, he's been with Bernie Toppins since 67. Sold over 300 million records. Um, his tribute to Princess Diana with Candle on the Wind in 1997. Sold over 33 million copies and is the best selling single in the UK and US singles chart ever. It's the number one single Wow. Ever. 33 million copies. I mean, might drop that, on that.
0: you think that takes into account both versions of the song? Uh, it was originally written for Marilyn Monroe. Yes, and correct. And then adapted. No, the 97. Just the 97 just version the 97
1: alone. is the one. Wow. And, I mean, right about a cultural icon. Yeah. I mean, Christmas songs and cultural icons. <laughs> That's true. Get you paid. Um, he owned the Watford Football Club from 76 to 87 and then 96 to 2002. Football, um, meaning soccer. Soccer, yes. Foot, football. Um, first hit single to reach top 10 was Your Song from the 1970 album. It was his second album. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 94. Um, and his debut album in 1969 was called Empty Sky, but it actually wasn't released in the U.S. until 1975. Interesting. So, neat on that. Um, I got just some other random facts. I'll rapid fire through. Took his name from vocalist Long John Baldry and saxophone player Elton Dean. So, that's how he became Elton So... Dean. A vocalist so,
0: and a saxophone player. Okay, L- Long Long John what ba- now? Baldry, and he picked John. He picked John. That's that, what I'm saying. Like, like Long
1: Elton. That why Baldry, not just say Elbow, right, why right. not just
0: say my granddad's name was John? Yeah, know, you know what right? I'm saying. Like Long John Baldry. You can
1: pick any John. Yeah, there's like okay. He's got specific on that. Um, he didn't rent a Grammy until '86, and he needed a little help on that with "That's What Friends Are For" with Dionne Warwick, Gladys Knight, and Stevie Wonder. That was his first Grammy. It was in '86. Um. Played over 3,500 concerts, so 3,500 concerts, so I was trying to do some math. That means if you played a concert every day for the next 10 years, it would take you about 10 years to catch up. Yeah. If you went out every day and played a concert, it would take you 10 years. That's a lot. That's a heck of a lot. Of freaking shows. He's been doing it for a long time. Um And... John Lennon's last on-stage performance was with Elton John. He played guitar with him. Really? Play. So there's a, a really oh. cool picture of John Lennon's last stage performance was with Elton John.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, he's also in The Who's Tommy, where he does Pinball Wizard. I've never seen Tommy. Have you seen Tommy? Nope,
0: never have. I've, I've heard most of it, never never watched it.
1: He uh, auditioned for the lead spot in King Crimson, but was turned down. Really? That would have been a different dynamic with Elton John as the lead vocalist yeah, no for kidding. King Crimson. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and he wore glasses to look like buddy Holly, but then his eyes adjusted to those glasses. So now he has to wear them. He did it just for style. Like he wanted to look cool, but yeah. then his eyes got to where he needs glasses. Interesting. So now he's, he's stuck on them. So, wow. Okay.
0: There's so a, it's not, there's not just a fashion There's a lot of Elton John accessory.
1: facts for you there. Very cool. Your feel of, of, Reginald he's got a,
0: twi- he's got a wide range. Like he's sort of like guys that we've talked about before, like Billy Joel. I mean, obviously, there's a comparison of Similar. you know, okay, yeah, he writes songs and he plays, and he plays piano, plays piano. And blah blah blah. But um, but also, he has a very broad spectrum of performance. You know sure. what I mean? He's got songs that are big and raucous, mm-hmm. and then he's got candle in the wind. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, he's That's and good. he's got like he and he'll go from you know he'll go from tiny dancer to like, I'm dressed as a cat yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Sure, like yeah. here's, I'm a pink glittery cat. Check yeah. me out. Uh, you know, like, okay, cool, man. I'm Donald duck, <laughs> <laughs> really dressed as Donald duck. Do your thing, man. Um, but man, he, I, I'll tell you what, he's come up with some great, um, some great music and that's, oh, and that's my admission, f- you know, that I, I'm not being an Elton John guy, but the chord progression, Uh, of uh, the circle of life that he did with the, now that was with uh, Tim Rice, I think uh, the Lion King soundtrack, Mm -hmm. the stuff from the Lion King soundtrack, but the chord progression on circle of life is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my entire life. Just incredible, like spot on gorgeous work. Um, And what, and again, what he did with this song is just really special. I like, don't let the sun go
1: down on me. I think that's a great, beautiful song.
0: Yeah. I'm a fan of that one. Um, There's a couple things musically I want to talk about on this. Uh, We talked a little bit about the bridge and the tension that the bridge introduces leading into the chorus. Um, You know, they say uh, a a simplified version of like the definition of music, at least emotionally is tension and release, right? So this song does a great job of that by introducing the bridge. There's no tension in it at all. It's super carefree and California. Uh, until you get that bridge, and then the bridge introduces tension and really ratchets it up, right? It's got these chord changes that you know you're going somewhere, um, but and then it starts to it extends out the the chord changes. It doesn't give you the resolution soon enough. It just keeps drawing it out and drawing it out, and then it slows down, and then finally gets you to the chorus, which is back to major and this big soaring melody, and it's a great example of tension and release uh really 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 good uh example of that um the chorus melody is in uh the falsetto the 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 top part of the melody is in falsetto which is is the if you're if you just take a note and you go uh, that spot where your voice breaks anything you sing above that is your head voice or your falsetto voice and um so he's, you know, rather than try and belt it out from his chest oh, man, closer, is, you know, makes it oh, man, closer, tiny. and it's softer and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's doubled on the album track. Sure. Um, but that's something that I've never gotten a good grip on. Like, when is it a good idea to do that? Dude. You know, if I'm writing this song, I would just change the melody <laughs> to something I could sing in my chest sure. voice. You know, I would. I, we would have ended up if this was my song with, you know. Hold me closer, tiny dent, da- you know, some mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it would have, I, you know, would have ended up poor. Um, <laughs> but like, um, but what a great because it, not only does that note work really well for the melody, but then it jumps down an octave. Hold me closer, and that's just really cool, unique. Um, you know, just a cool, just a cool technique. I, I, just, but I just think I have no grip on. When it's cool to go falsetto, you know what I'm saying. John Mayer has a really good grip oh, on yeah, it. I like see. certain people just know sure. this would be cool if I went up, if I went way up high here. Sure. But and some people can pull it off. And so, like,
1: if you can't pull it off, don't. Yeah, no. Like, if mm-mm. your falsetto is not there, yeah, don't,
0: don't. It's do something it. you got to work on yeah. to make it strong, and sure. you know whatever. Um, even like Steven Tyler will do it occasionally, where he'll go, he'll go, that little kind of, you know. Thing there, Stephen Taylor, thanks for stopping, thanks for stopping by. by um, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, same to you, buddy. I got you, Steve. Drink, kiss your mother with that mouth, um, that big, huge mouth. <laughs> <laughs> kiss all mothers at
1: the same time with that
0: mouth. <laughs> oh, gosh, that struck me so funny. Um, what were we talking about in falsetto? Yeah, so like John Mayer's good at it, sure. uh, Elton John's good at it, uh, you know, but it's um interesting choice that I have no clue when to make There's Sometimes it's absolutely the right call. I don't know when any of those times are. <laughs> um, yeah, the, um, Chords, there's a, yeah, there's a really neat chord here in the melody. Um, uh, in the melody, in the, chorus. in the chorus that I wanted to talk about. And I've, uh, once again, brought in my trusty piano here. Here it is. in um, audio, check it out. Uh, so we are here in the key of C and, uh, there's a chord on the chorus that is really unusual um, in this kind of music in and of itself. And um, I, so I wanted to highlight it a little bit. It, and is, so,
1: in, it is in C, but the chorus is going to start on the four, so it'll start on an F. So, right. Um, so the
0: chorus starts off We're uh, we're in the key of C. Okay. Um, and the chorus starts on the four chord, the F. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. I'm singing an octave down because I don't want to go falsetto. <laughs> I don't even know when. Uh, count the headlights on the highway. This chord is uh, is a really unique chord. That is a that's a G in the in on the top and an A bass note. So a, a what we would call a five over six if we're talking in numbers. It's the fifth. It's that chord over the sixth. Uh, If you're doing the scale of C, right? Um, and that's a really interesting choice for that spot. In you don't hear that chord often in in pop music at all. You if might it was hear pop it,
1: music today. It would be a five, just a straight five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the so, G,
0: exactly. If I'm writing this song, there are probably two places I go before I would even think to try that. Um, <laughs> and that's that's one of those chords that I would put in in like my original demo of a song, but I would talk myself out of later. Sure. Like, that's too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. We would go. We would go. Hold me closer, tiny dance Count the headlights on the highway Maybe you know a 5 over 7 Or maybe a G over B maybe. On the high. Yeah, something like that Or if I was trying to be adventurous I would go, you know uh, Count the headlights on the highway There he right? setup. If I, or Yeah, if I wanted the adventurous chord I would go with a 2-7 chord A 2 major chord mm-hmm. On the highway And then I'd go, oh, I'm being really musical now. Which is a D major. D major chord. For those of y'all that are listening at home. And would still be a different chord that doesn't occur naturally in the key of C. Yeah. Um, But what Elton's done is he's gone to this... Count the headlights on the highway. And there's your melody note, which is in that chord. But he's put a six underneath it. He's put an A underneath this G chord. um, Which is normally a transition chord that you would hear, like, if you were going... If you if we're still in the key of C, you would hear that chord leading back to a two minor. That's where you so you you normally hear something like this,
1: right? It's that last two minor will be a D minor for those of y'all. Right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, But he's taken it back to a four chord, um, and it's just really unique. I don't I don't really recall hearing that in pop music. Ever, at least not in some major hit. You know, it's probably happened somewhere. But um it's really prominent, though, for, to, to be emphasized as much. Sure, as it and is, it sits
1: on it. Banging the yeah, heck out yeah, of the chord. yeah like,
0: Touch it and go. It's no, like... no, no. It's really emphasized. And so I wanted to call attention to it because it's an amazing choice. Like it is a it's a really interesting choice. um But absolutely, if this is in pop music getting written today, they're going to a five chord, 100 percent. Uh, the headlights on the highway. And it's just bland. You know, it'll get you to the next line, fine. But but it takes something that could be fine to being something that's really nice and unique. Mm-hmm. Um and I've just always loved that chord. Mad respect to Elton John for that chord. I'm not a big fan, but that chord is oh, great job. Beautiful. Yeah. Um unexpected, unexpected bass note, especially for that melody. Um You want to talk a little bit about Tony Danza? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as Mel Clark in Angels in the Outfield. Oh, wow. Other
1: than Who's the Boss? That's my only Tony Danza
0: reference. Yeah, this is one of the great... Uh, one of my personal favorite like, misheard, lyrics. misheard lyrics is Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. Yeah. Um, I just think that's, uh, that's a good, solid one. I don't really know anything about Tony Other Danza. Other fictional or...
1: pi- pictures and movies. Tony Danza played Mel Clark in The Angels and the Outfield. I could Field. not have told you his
0: name. I'm Man, shocked that you just pulled that dude, out of any there. kind of
1: baseball movie. I'll put him up there with Henry Rowan Gardner from, from Rookie, Rookie of the, the Year. The year. <laughs> yeah um maybe wild thing vaughn from mm, major league yeah
0: rick vaughn is probably going to be my go-to he's your major closer league. so yeah. we'll start with rowan gardner
1: yeah then bring mel clark out of the pen and we're <laughs> going to close with wild thing vaughn okay it's pretty good a who's, picking, uh,
0: who's kevin costner's pitcher from oh man that's right oh
1: goodness yeah for the love of the game i can't believe i can't remember his name. oh my goodness go tigers <laughs> holy cow i'm, I'm yeah. failing right now who's
0: your favorite uh who's your favorite fictional baseball pitcher out there let us Got know on, out there. at great song pod who's your favorite uh who's your favorite baseball fictional pitcher uh from a movie um you know, we're getting into the uh, MLB playoffs and all that Man. stuff. It's an exciting time of the year. It just feels different. It's, it's, it's we're both exciting.
1: Braves fans. And Absolutely. We got, we got a good, warm, and fuzzy feeling about Go this Braves! Year.
0: You may be out of the playoffs already by the time this comes out. Who knows? I don't Me know. Me and Rob but shared
1: a story at lunch about how, where we both were when Sid Bream scored... Against yes. the Pirates, 92. 92, National League Championship Man, Series. Rob's got a great story. I've got a great story, but we'll keep it in the family. That's it's right. a good one. Where were you when Sid Bream
0: slid <laughs> at right, home? Where but, were you in 92? So we
1: mentioned that it's on Madman Across the Water. The version that I've listened to the most is actually, I have the vinyl of Elton John live in Australia with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra mm. and... If if you're gonna listen to a version other than the one that's on the album, this is the one that I suggest. Because- By the way,
0: shouts out to our Australian listeners. We have yeah, a, we right. have a surprising amount of Australian <laughs> yeah. listeners. There, so shouts out to you guys. Thanks for listening. There,
1: there you go, uh, Mick D and all other. Uh, Don't be offensive. I'm not. I'm you ain't got
0: to be a stereotype. Not, I'm so, Come I'm on. Now. Sorry
1: about that. We can <laughs> edit that out. Um, but the thing, this is on side two. Of the vinyl So it's the last It's a, one of those Four-sided vinyls mm-hmm. um, But I listen to it Mainly on CD I have the vinyl But I listen to it on CD And the song after it Is Have Mercy On The Criminal I don't know if anybody knows That Elton John song It's not popular at all But the intro To me Sounds so much like A fast version With a symphony Of Layla Like it sounds So similar Really? The riff And the we can take a listen and tell Shall me what we you play think. it? And I may be wrong And may be like Are you kidding? Layla's in D What is that? But every time I hear it it just takes me to that feel and that vibe. Have Mercy on the Criminal, cool song. If you get a chance to, to check it out with the Elton John with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra live in Australia, check it out. But good album. Um, it's also got other good stuff on there. But this is the version that I listen to when I listen to Tiny Dancer.
0: It feels like this would be a great live you know what I mean yes. like one of those moments it is like, yeah and um, I try to
1: picture myself there with an orchestra yeah and feel it and
0: feel yeah it. and just the whole crowd like swaying yeah, with their it. lighters or whatever in yes, the air exactly. and everybody's hold and I'm just feeling it all right, here's have mercy on the criminal let me take a listen because I don't know this song at all so let me take a listen and hear what you're talking about I mean, really, it's like they really just featuring Clapton on violin. It's like what? It's like they said if we put it on a different beat, it's not stealing. Right? Yeah.
1: Goodness gracious. Every time I hear that come in, I'm like, whoa, whoa, why is Elton John playing Layla?
0: Yeah. I mean it's like you ever heard the explanation from Vanilla Ice as to how his bass line wasn't stolen from under pressure? Yeah. He goes he goes, Okay, well theirs is dun 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 and mine is dun 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 So it's not I mean, I didn't steal that. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I feel like eh, all right. Uh, man, that's a uh, it's pretty that's pretty jarring. It's pretty pretty brazen to jump wow. out there, right? Wow. Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of the Great Song podcast. Wherever you're listening, thanks so much if you're joining us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, thanks so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Find us on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Join the Facebook community. Uh, look for the group called Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly. If you're one of those, uh, thanks for being a part. And if you're not, tell somebody about it. Invite them to the group uh, so we can just all share in some good, clean fun together. Um, I'm, I'm I'm ready to hop on a tour bus and put the windows down. You know, and just be a. Should l- we start a fight now, just so that we can be friends? Yeah, after we the should. Fight. You idiot. I hate you, Rob. <laughs> oh, you and your Hawaii shirt. Great. Now yeah. we gotta go listen to Tiny Dancer on a no, bus. <laughs>
2: thanks
1: that's so as, much for listening. That's as violent as it gets with me and Rob.
0: Yeah, yeah please. We, we
1: just we've already slapped hands. We just go split sandwiches. Friends.
0: That's all. That's all it is. It's all love here. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, so much. Until next time, I'm Rob. Well, I'm JP. Go listen to some music.